0: Everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the CenterPoint Podcast. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And we're thankful you're here joining us as we jump into understanding God's Word. We're really dealing with a series that we're going through, and it's 10 conversations to deepen our relationship with God.
1: Our hope here is that you will listen to these podcasts, and God will use them in your life in a way that He has in our own. Mm-hmm. We're going to share with you some things, 10 things, 10 conversations that really represent how God tends to grow people in their relationship with Him. And so that's why we've called it 10 Conversations to Help You Deepen Your
0: Relationship with God. So we're with podcast number two, number the, two the, of 10. the second conversation in How to Deepen Our Relationship with God, but let's do a quick recap, Pastor Lowell. What was the first conversation about
1: well our first one was all about being new that when a person comes to know the lord jesus christ as their personal <laughs> savior that things are new first of all god is brand new to you and that's hard for people to accept because there are many different sources of information that we tend to trust that that inform us about what god is like but in reality when we come into relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, God is brand new to us. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the only thing. The second one was a little strange, wasn't it?
0: It was indeed. Yeah, tell us what it was. You are new to you. And we went to 2 Corinthians 5.17 where it says, you are a new creation, the old is passed and the new has come. So you are new to you in your relationship with God. Yes, and there's... And those two truths
1: continue to develop over time. So we just need to continue to to
0: progress in this understanding of who God is and who we are. So the question we left off with was, what is the Bible and what does that mean for us? And that's where we want to jump in today.
1: Yes, and you know, before we get into that, I'd kind of like to bring a concept in to really, it'll kind of inform all of our conversations. Mm -hmm. And that is... When we became a new creature, there's another way that the Bible expresses that. It's that we are born again. Mm -hmm. And I want to jump off of that born again idea and just challenge all of our listeners to understand that really when we came to know Christ, we're like a brand new baby. You know, and a lot of us had experience with babies. I think you have more recently than I have. My youngest is 18. Your
0: youngest is four. Yeah, so, mm-hmm.
1: so your recollection of a lifetime with a baby might be, might be a little sharper than mine, mm-hmm. but I think we can all remember a little bit of what that was like, um, either being or having a baby in our lives. Because really our, our steps or the process of deepening
0: a relationship with God is very much like the growth of a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with that example, is not a new example. Obviously, it's found in Scripture. But a place that I've read and studied is in the Sun Life uh, illustrations with Dan Spader. And he gave some examples of that as well. And how he designed it or illustrated it was that we first need to know who we are as a baby. A as baby a needs ba- to know who they that's are. That's exactly right. Think about a baby. A baby needs to know who who it is. And then they develop a series of things. They learn to walk, they learn to talk, they learn to feed themselves, they learn to clean themselves. And this is a process of them growing up as a physical baby, just like us spiritually, when we're young or we're childish or we're like children, babies, growing up to adulthood. And eventually, what's our, what's our ultimate goal in, in understanding the Bible and growing in, in a deeper relationship with God? Well, it's, it's to be full-functioning adults.
1: Growth. Growing in our relationship with the Lord. So five elements that, that Spader points out and that we're going to build upon that we need to know who we are. We need to know how to walk, how to talk, how to feed ourselves, and how to clean ourselves mm-hmm. up. So today we're going to talk about feeding ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the hope is that each of us and and this includes Billy and I that we're growing in this this truth as well that we will that God will work in our lives in such a way that we would be able to just sit right alongside our parents if you would mm-hmm. as a, as as full functioning adults and enjoy a meal right beside of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what our goal is for our children, right? That's exactly right. That in time, they'll develop. You don't want to be feeding your, your 20-year-old, that's honestly, if a 20-year-old needs to be fed by their parents, that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. We want to see a baby grow and mature to where they are fully capable of feeding themselves, mm-hmm. not only in a physical sense as we think about our children, but in a spiritual sense, ourselves as followers of Jesus.
0: That's right. And we know that the best place to feed ourselves is in God's Word. So we want to talk a little bit about the Bible and really how we can trust it and how we can read it. Those two
1: things. Yes, trust and read. Mm -hmm. Trust and
0: read. And without either
1: one, they're absolutely necessary. Without either one, we're not going to grow in, in our understanding of God. We're not going to deepen our relationship with the Lord. We've got to That's come right. to it trusting that God's going to use it, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, and we have to actually read it on our own. We, we, the, the, it's important for us to listen to other people talk about the Bible like we're doing and going to do mm-hmm. right now, but each of us needs to read the Bible on our own.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll start us out with why we need or should trust it? Well, it's interesting because the Bible is so pivotal, and if you stop and think about how it was written, it will really amaze you. The Bible was written over roughly 2,000 years. It was written on three different continents and written in three different languages, and that's pretty amazing in and of itself. Three different continents, three different languages over 2,000 years. Imagine what we, what we were doing as in the North America 2,000 years ago. We didn't exist. We didn't exist. It's hard to even read something from the 1600s, only 400 years ago. But not only that, three different continents in three different languages, but by 40 unique, different authors. They all gathered to write. Their writings are in the Bible. And it's, It's amazing to even think about those those authors.
1: Those authors come they're they're very different and they write with different styles, with different purposes, with with different genre. I mean it's just they're very unique in how they write, but yet they all have this central message. I mean, and tell us about some of those authors. Well,
0: you have you have slaves and you have kings that wrote that wrote the Bible. You have shepherds and you have doctors, physicians that wrote the Bible. You have tax collectors. Which were the lowest of the lowliest of the low, and you have lawyers, you have fishermen, and you have pastors. So there is a huge swath of humanity that's represented as authors in writing the Bible. But the most amazing thing is that over two thousand years, three different continents, three different languages, forty different authors, it does not contradict itself.
1: Yeah, it's and the way that that I look at it is this, Um, God communicated his word to us and he made it clear that's that's a truth we need to understand mm-hmm. that that there is a clarity that is involved in scripture that that it is that we could describe it as clear and it's absolutely necessary without it we're going to struggle but or maybe in
0: addition to that it's all that we need mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. this that's,
0: is god's word and that's actually a good point you let me just paraphrase or rephrase that you're saying it's god's word It is God's Word. The Bible is God's Word. He made it clear to us because it's absolutely necessary and all that we need. That reminds me of Wayne Grudem, and he made a reference of authority, clarity, necessity, and sufficiency, and really, he just said it to help make sense of the Bible. That's really what we're trying to do, is help you understand and help make sense of the Bible for you and also for ourselves so we can understand it. Yes,
1: excellent. Now, one of the things we need to understand about the Bible is, is where it came from. Now, understanding that 40 different authors over 2,000 years and all, and all of those things are all very true. But the, the aspect that I want us to bring in here comes out of Scripture. Um, it's in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. And I'm going to read this, and then we're going to kind of drill down on, on one of the words to try to understand what the Bible is. So here's what Scripture records. And this is written by the Apostle Paul. It's the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 and 17. And it says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, Billy, you have a different translation than I do. You have the NIV. I Mm -hmm. was reading from the ESV. Can you read that verse number 16? Because I think it's
0: important. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work.
1: So that word, God-breathed, in my translation said, breathed out by God, Sometimes Mm -hmm. you'll see that as the word inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I think we should talk about that because this helps us to trust God's word. What what inspiration means is God oversaw the process of the the writing of the Bible. God kind of oversaw the writers so that while they were writing according to their own styles and personalities, all those different people you described over 2,000 years three different languages. So they were bringing their personality into it and their style of writing into it and and their history and who they were. When we say that the Bible is inspired, it means that God oversaw that in such a way that the result was God's word, Mm -hmm. that he breathed it out, that it's not the words of man, that is the words of God. That doesn't mean that God dictated it. He didn't say... For much of the Bible, God did not say, okay, write this, now this. No, 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 no. Go back there. Go back there, Paul. I don't want you to write that word. No, that's not what it is. That's not what inspiration means. It means that God allowed these men, and they did happen to all be men, but they were, they wrote down what God intended them to write, and the finished product was the inspiration, I'm sorry, the word of God. The inspiration is a miracle of God.
0: It's a it's a supernatural process whereby God gives us His Word. I'm trying to think of the illustration of the passage, and hopefully you can help me out, Pastor Lowell. If not, then maybe I challenge you all to try to find that. But there's an illustration that that speaks of it, us being carried along or the authors being carried along. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's as if they're in a boat on yes. a river, and they're being carried. Now, they're steering the boat and they're in, in such, but it is carried they're they're being carried in a direction that is exactly where the river wants to go. Yeah, what you're so, referring
1: to there is out of the book of first Peter. I knew it was first yeah. Peter. I
0: could not well, find the passage.
1: Don't be so sure it was first because it might be actually second. Um but yeah it is second Peter uh-huh. uh one twenty one. It says for no prophecies ever produced by the will of God but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. There it is. And the neat thing about that, what you're referencing is in Acts when Paul is in that ship that's carried along mm-hmm. by the wind, mm-hmm. it's the same word. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, God is moving this thing where he wants it to go. And man brings some of his personality. And like, you can right. see some of those. I mean, you can see David as he writes in the Psalms. And he talks about the creation, what he looks at, the stars and the, 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 the planet and, and the wonder of creation you can hear David's personality coming out.
0: Right. Just as you can read Luke, and because he was a physician, you'll see that there are doctorly, there are medical, physician-y things that are coming out. and He might uh, zero in a little bit on certain things, but still, it is, it is God's Word. Or, or Joshua, who
1: grew up for much of his life as a slave mm-hmm. and was free through the Exodus, when Moses led the people out of Israel, and then he became a warrior, a leader. And you see in, his, in the book of Joshua, as he describes the, the battle scenes, and he is now speaking as a, as a warrior mm-hmm. leader. Mm-hmm. And so, and we'll, we'll limit that. I mean, we could do this 40 so we different sh- times, we sure could. We sure could. but we'll stop. The point
0: of this is we can trust God's word. That's exactly right. And when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. We come back We're going to help you understand how to read it and to be a part of God's Word as God looks to transform you by the renewing of your mind. So we'll be right back.
1: Well, welcome back to the podcast. This is a special one, really. It's, It's the second conversation of 10, and we're talking about how to deepen your relationship with God. And today, the conversation centers around God's Word, that we need to trust it and that we need to read it. Mm -hmm. So now
0: we're going to focus on how to read it. Right. And right before we dropped off, I referenced about having a transformed mind. And that made me think of a quote by Andy Stanley in one of his books, uh, Seven Checkpoints. And this is what he says, you will never live a transformed life. Again, this new creation, you'll never live a transformed life until you have a transformed mind. And you will never have a transformed mind until you have God's thoughts. Spiritual renewal, in its truest sense, is losing your old perspective of life and gaining God's perspectives so that you may think and act like Him. It's His perspective, His mind, His thoughts that you need to gain. And you'll never have God's thoughts unless you begin to experience that personal intimacy with God. And how do we, how do we experience personal intimacy with God? We learn to see as He does. And that's why we jump into God's word. God
1: has shown us what He, what He sees, mm-hmm. use what Stanley said there, yeah. and what He thinks and what He feels. And God's word is less about us and more about Him. I think a lot of people go to God's word for an effort in an effort to try to find some information about themselves or or how to get God on their side. No, no. We go to God's word. We do learn a lot about ourselves, but not until we first learn about God. Mm-hmm. And once we learn about God, we realize how different we are, and through that, we learn about man. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about reading it. Let's talk about reading God's word.
0: Well, well, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to open up a Bible. Yeah. You know, I know that. I know that some of you may have a Bible on your iPad or iPhone or, or whatever device you have. And
1: that's great. That's what I primarily use now. Yeah, but...
0: I, I kind of mix, mix it up. But if, we're, if you open up a physical Bible, at the very beginning, you're going to see a table of contents. And that is uh, where you're going to find what we call books of the Bible. Yeah, it's important now, to realize that it's divided into two parts. Right. There's two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament... Uh, a descriptor could be, it's the law of God from creation of Jesus. And the New Testament is the law of God from Jesus until his future return. That's the only, that, that well, there's many other differences, but mainly that's the difference between the Old and the New Testament.
1: And so this one book that we call the Bible is actually made up of 66 different sections. Mm-hmm. And we call those books. And they are not all written by different authors. I mean, you said earlier there were 40 different authors with 66 books, so obviously some of these authors wrote more than one of these books. Mm -hmm. But there are 66 of these books, and these books are then divided up into sections. They're divided up into chapters, and so like the book of James that's open on my Bible right now has five different chapters, and each of those chapters are divided up into verses. And the number of verses, the number of chapters,
0: really depend upon the length of the book. Right. So if someone says, turn to, uh, let's, let me think of that, um, what's that uh, verse you just had? First, second, second Peter, Peter chapter 1. Second Peter 1, 21. So Second Peter is the second, the second book that Peter wrote, and then 1 would be the chapter, and the number 21 would be the verse inside that chapter. Now, are these chapters and verses... Are the specific numbers inspired? No, it was just a, a long time ago. Someone said, "I think I can find stuff in the Bible better if it's if I have a chapter and a verse to it," and that's really just helped everybody.
1: So it's just just to kind of bring an organizational method. And yeah. so so the words are inspired, mm-hmm. but but the white spaces they aren't. Right. So a lot of times you'll see where you know there are the the. The editors have placed a, a gap in your Bible, and those are very trustworthy, but they aren't necessarily inspired by God, but they just break it up for us so that we can read it a little bit more easily. Right. So, right. But, it's, but one thing to realize, all 66 of these books are inspired. Mm-hmm. As, you, as you shared earlier, though they come from different authors in different countries, different languages different backgrounds, they all have this one central message, and they are all inspired. But one of the things that I would want our listeners to understand as they're seeking to deepen their relationship with God is while they're all inspired, they may not all be the best place to start reading. That's actually actually a very good point. I've had a lot of people ask me through text or email or phone call or person, they'll say, and really, this is what prompted this set of conversations. I had someone reach out to me and say, because something is going on in my life, I really want to deepen my relationship with God. Where should I start? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, have you ever read any of the Bible before? And this person said, well, I've, I've been reading in Genesis, but it's just really getting hard to follow. Mm-hmm. And so they had started in Genesis. And actually, I mean, Genesis is not a bad place to start. No. But once you get past the first, like, 11 chapters it's pretty tough to Mm -hmm. to keep going. And so, while it's inspired, I am not downgrading it at all, Mm -hmm. I would have a different place I might recommend to our listeners that they start reading. Mm -hmm. And that'd be one of the Gospels. And primarily, I'd point you to the Gospel
0: of John. Now, when when you say one of the Gospels, that means the beginning of the New Testament, the first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and we call those the Gospels because it's an account of Jesus' life and how we can understand Jesus and live like him. and so the way they call that the Gospels it's, it's, the, it's the good news of the Bible.
1: And the reason why I like the Gospel of John <clears throat> is it starts out from the very beginning and introduces you to Jesus mm-hmm. and takes it all the way back to the very beginning. before the beginning mm-hmm. it demonstrates that Jesus has always been God,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then quickly moves into his life and, and gives us a series of these events of Jesus' life that just, as you read them and realize what they're saying about Jesus, I mean I don't want to sound kind of strange or weird, but well, I'll just say, you will love Jesus, the Jesus you encounter in the Gospel of John will bring you to understand why it is that we love him, to see him caring for those that nobody else was concerned about, see him demonstrate that he is God in the flesh. You bump into Jesus interacting with people and and doing miraculous things, and he's just amazing. And I go back to the Gospel of John a lot. I love to read about Jesus through the Gospel of John.
0: And the neat thing about... When you start reading the Bible, and specifically I like in the Gospels, and start reading about Jesus, you realize that you didn't really know Jesus like you thought you knew Jesus.
1: That sounds like our first
0: podcast. Exactly, and, and he surprises—he surprises us. He surprises me. Whatever I read about Jesus, I'm always surprised in a in a good way about how he lived and how he loved everyone on this earth.
1: Now we, we've kind of skipped over our second point. We might have said it, but I think we should take a moment and emphasize it. Our first was when it comes to the Bible, you've got to trust it. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to see that it is God's inspired word and that that we need it and that it's necessary and, and we have to come to it. Well, the second thing we want to we realize today is you've got to read it. Mm-hmm. God has chosen in his sovereign will, that the way he's going to communicate to us is primarily through the written word. It's not through podcasts. I got news for you. It's not through sermons. Mm -hmm. I preach a sermon at least once a week. I prepare for it and preach it, but that is not the way that God primarily
0: communicates to humans. Just to put a couple things back, I'll tie some things together. Think of it like our physical body. We can't eat just one meal a week and expect to be healthy. Or really even be alive in, in some parts. You get mighty hungry. Right. So if listening to a sermon would be equated to a meal, you would have it be spoon-fed to you. You, know, you need to get in and, and, and eat yourself and eat for yourself and get into God's Word. Remember, that's the goal. That, we,
1: that parents desire to see their children grow up where they can sit at the
0: dinner table with them mm-hmm. or not and feed themselves. And to remind you of one thing that yeah, you had said, Lowell, a few minutes ago is, trust it and read it. If we only have one of those, then we're not going to be healthy. We're not going to grow. If we trust it but we don't read it, how are we going to grow? Or if we read it but don't trust it, how is that going to transform our life and transform mm-hmm. our mind? It won't. So we need to trust and read.
1: And so, so where we would encourage you to, to go right now in your reading, is the Gospel of John. And we're going to do that together in just a minute here. We're going to take a look at a passage in the Gospel of John and and just kind of spend a few minutes talking about how we might read it. But I want to say this. Now, there's reading, and then there's reading. Okay, so you you can read a road sign, or you can read, you know, an encyclopedia. And that's one way of reading. But what we want to encourage you to do is to read it like a hungry child. Mm-hmm. We want to read it with a hungry heart. That that's how we read God's Word. Listen, there are, there are dozens of different methods and styles and approaches that you can find on Google for how to read your Bible. And those are all well and fine. I don't mean to, to disparage any of them. They, I'm sure they're all great. But there is one important ingredient that you better bring to whatever style you choose to read, and that is a hunger. Mm -hmm. You need to come to the Bible hungry for God, asking Him to speak to your heart, to to tell you who He is, to show you who He is. In, In the book of James, he addresses this, and James says, draw near to God, and He will draw near mm-hmm. to you. And that drawing near looks
0: like hunger. Yeah, and that, that definitely speaks of a relationship. Yes. You know, when you're not close to someone, when you're, when you're far away from someone, you don't have a relationship. That's why he calls us to draw near to him.
1: I had a friend who described it like exhaling and inhaling. When you come to the Bible, you sit down and you just kind of exhale. And you, you, everything else is going on in your life. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it all aside for right now, the best I can. And now I'm going to inhale God's Word mm-hmm. like a hungry, hungry person. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a minute and, and look at a passage in the Gospel of John. Um, where Where are you going to take us to, Pastor Billy?
0: Let's go to John 21, verse 15. Again, John's the book. 21 is the chapter. 15 is the verse.
1: And if you have your Bible, you might want to turn there We'll give you just a second to do that, or you can pause it. But one of the things we want to say is, now we're going to look at one verse. And, and this kind of a, addresses something that I think it's important for us to realize. When you read the Bible, you really might read a verse, or two, or three, or, or maybe 10 or 15, but mm-hmm. you're not going to read probably 10 or 15 pages. Mm-hmm. So when you read a book, you pick up a, a novel or something, you might read a whole you know, a whole chapter, which would be 5, 10, 20 pages but that's not necessarily how we read the Bible. Now you can read that if sure, you want 10, to. But it, yeah, yes. But we're hungry now, going to it, and we'd
0: slowly, we'd slowly work through Scripture. Okay. So you picked one verse. Right. I'm gonna think of it as one piece of food I'm putting in my mouth, and I want to chew on. So let me read John 21, 15, and maybe I'll read, maybe I'll read the next one. No, I'll just read just. John 21, 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he replied. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Now, we
1: are both very familiar with this passage. There's a lot of things that that are taking place that we could look at in detail, but I don't want us to do that. I don't want us to do that. Let's just, I mean, what do we see here from verse number 15? I mean, what, does, what are some things that strike us about who God is?
0: Well, that—well, honestly, Jesus, speaking to Simon Peter, Jesus is God, so he really knows the answer, but he's still asking a question. And he says, Simon, do you, do you truly love me more than these? And so he does know the answer. Yeah. And he already, he knows the answer that Peter's going to give, and he has an and he knows where he wants to point Peter as well
1: and Peter's answer is is instructive yes lord you know that i love you that's right he calls him lord mm-hmm. master he's the ruler and he says i know that you know right that i love you mm-hmm. god is i mean jesus was intimately aware of of everything that's going on in Simon's heart right mm-hmm. then. And he knows that he loves him. And, mm-hmm. and this is something that we see about God, that he knows our thoughts, our
0: feelings, everything. Mm-hmm. And well, it's good to know that Jesus loved Simon Peter. And the more that you read, the more that you read in the Gospels, the more you realize, wow, Jesus really did love Peter. He did love. He loved everyone. Mm -hmm. So we know that that. We know that Jesus loved Peter. And now we know that, well, from this passage, Peter said, you know that I love
1: you. And look what Jesus says to him, which is so relevant to what we've been talking about in this podcast. He gives him a command. Okay, he directs him to do something. And what he directs him to do? Feed. Feed, feed. Feed Feed my lambs. Mm -hmm. This is so important to Jesus. He's telling Peter... I want you, I want you to give people what they need so they can grow. Right. And you know one the way that Peter did this? He wrote the book of 1st and 2 Peter. <laughs> the the <laughs> That's passage right. that you pointed right. us to. And
0: I was gonna say, it's not that, that Jesus had a flock of sheep up on the hill and he was saying, Go tend the tend okay, the sheep. He mm-hmm. wasn't physically saying Feed these, these lambs over here. He was saying something deeper, and that's exactly the point that you just made, is that he's saying, Feed my lambs, not not actual lambs. Right. But but people. Mm-hmm. Care for the people and feed those that follow me, Peter, Jesus says. Feed those people. And what do we what does he feed them? He feeds them God's word. Yeah. Inspired Peter's handwriting. Inspired by God, carried along by God, so that we can sit here and have a podcast, and read it, and talk to you about it, so that you can do the same.
1: Now, you could take this, and and we aren't going to take the time to do this, but but I'll just mention. You know, you might you might then dive into this a little bit more and and understand what what did Jesus mean by calling them lambs, and you might learn about what a shepherd was and how important that that illustration was in this time, and what was going on when when this conversation occurred. And, and you'll quickly learn that this is after Jesus had been resurrected. And, and, and you'll realize, oh, that's right, Jesus was crucified. And then he, he appeared to his disciples. They had conversations with them. And, and then you realize he's eating breakfast in a resurrected body. And once, once we start into Scripture, one of the things we want you to see is there's just layers of, of more and more understanding that we can, we can grasp as we spend
0: time in God's Word. Well, I hope you enjoyed just listening to us and jumping in and maybe reading a couple verses in your Bible. And we've given you some places to go. Remember, you can trust God's Word, and you need to read God's Word. You can jump in John. That would be a great place to start. Uh, there's some other books, but I think it would be good to just start there. And we want to leave you with this, a little bit of a teaser for our next conversation. is as you're reading and as you're growing in God's Word and you're trying to understand God and you're feeding yourself and you're growing, a question might come up. What is God's goal for me in my life? What, what, is, what does God want for me in my life? What is God doing
1: in my yeah. life?
0: Yeah. And you know what? If you want the answer to that, stay tuned for our next conversation. Conversation number three on how to deepen your relationship with God. Thanks so much for listening to us and spending time with us. And we definitely want to point you to God's Word and to Jesus to have a deeper relationship with God through all that we're saying and sharing with you. So thanks for listening to us. Remember, at Centerpoint Bible Church, we're nothing fancy, but we want to be real, just like Jesus is.